Thank you again, girls. Uh, great, great music. And uh, thank you, church, for allowing me the privilege of sharing with you the Word of God. I, I'm much different than Susie would have been, and I know that you are disappointed that you didn't have the opportunity to hear from Susie. She's a dynamic and dynamite communicator. And uh, we want to pray for her as she recovers from her accident. Uh, I've read just a couple of Facebook posts and I know that she's been in a lot of pain, discomfort, as she begins now her therapy to recover from that. So I know that she would appreciate your prayers for her. And I'm a much different kind of preacher than she is. Uh, so, but I know that uh, God has something to say from his word to each one of us. And thank you to each one of you for braving the weather uh, tonight and all week. But uh, as I was sitting here thinking about, uh, about you folks getting out in the midst of this weather, and really I appreciate that grit and determination to be here. I, I'm just thinking about our friends online and how I've watched online church and how it's so easy to get distracted online. And so for those that are watching this evening, thank you for your time and your commitment and your willingness to be a part of this. And, and my prayer for all of us online here in the service tonight is that uh, our, our hearts will be open to what it is that the Lord wants to say to us. Kind of two themes throughout this week that we focused on. Sunday morning, Valentine's Day. Uh, appropriate that we would be asked the question, is our heart a heart after God's heart? Is the desire of our life to follow after God and to be the kind of, of uh, individual, the kind of creation that God intended for us to be? And then the rest of this week, we've been talking about new wine in new wineskins. And and so I would guess I would say the challenge for us as we look at this passage has been this idea of what is it that it will require of me to become a new wineskin to receive the fresh and newness of the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. He wants to continue and, and work in our lives in such a way that His presence is fresh. His presence is new every day. And so I guess my challenge to you as you read Scripture, particularly as you read the life of Christ, think of it in terms of, okay, how is this story, this message, th these words that Jesus is speaking or the story about Jesus, how is it helping me to become a new wineskin to hold the fresh outpouring of His Spirit in the midst of our life. Monday night, we, we talked about the importance of forgiveness and how sometimes life paralyzes us. And, and as Christ forgives us, He gives us the freedom to get up and walk. And so this challenge is for us to always, as we seek after being people, men and women, young people, boys and girls, after God's own heart, that we would allow Him to touch us so that we would be alive and, and new and, and excited about this journey. 
And then last night we talked about this calling. Uh, we looked particularly at the calling of Matthew and how Jesus spoke to this tax collector and, and called him out of his old way of living into a new life to follow after Christ and, and to become the kind of, of individual that God wants us to be and, and calls us to ask the question, are we willing to be and reach out to those who are sick in their spiritual life with the hope and the mercy and the compassion and the love of Christ? And so tonight, as we think about this, this idea of, of being pouring new wine into new wineskins, the, the passage is Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through uh, 26. But actually, I want you to turn over to Luke. Uh, I want to read the same story. It's, it's told in both passages. But Dr. Luke seems to just do an incredible... He, he really makes it a little more dynamic. He gives us a little bit more of the details that really helps us to, to grasp the significance of this moment. So it's found in, in Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 40. Luke chapter 8 verse 40, but it's the same story in Matthew chapter 9 that, that talks about, follows up on this new wine in wineskins. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, picture this, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him, and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. 
Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. <laughs> they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened that day. Wow. Two absolutely incredible, miraculous moments. And as we think about these two stories tonight, we want to ask the question, okay, Jesus, what new wineskin do you want to work in me so that I can receive the fresh and filling of your spirit in the midst of my life. As, as we want to go through this message tonight, let's just start with the woman for just a few moments. We, we read the story. It was pretty, pretty uh, graphic, pretty, pretty detailed. The crowd's pushing in against Jesus. He, he's just about to be crushed. I, I mean, you ever, you know, um, artist Carmen passed away. You know, probably have heard that, read something about it. And, and I was reading that, that he has performed at the, uh, I won't get it exactly right in the right words, but he has had the largest crowds in his performance in two different times, over 80,000 people in one of his performances. Now, that's a crap crowd. Uh, you know, there were no cardboard flat pieces there. It was real flesh and blood. And, and I've been in those kind of places where it's just, you know, it's kind of like Black Friday trying to get into Walmart. Used to be. You know, it, it's, just, it, it's just crushing. And here's Jesus with all these people around there, and this woman somehow gets to, to the front of the crowd so that she can just touch the hem of his garment. Now, you know, as we understand it, as we understand it, and we've taught, and you've, uh, I've read some different commentaries. They believe it was really the the bottom of his his uh, robe. So you have to picture that she's not just up here standing up, pushing and working her way to the front. She's down on her hands and knees, trying to just to barely get out there enough that she can reach the hem of his garment, the tassels on the bottom of his garment. And when she does. When she gets a hold of that, Jesus stops. He didn't stop because she was yanking on, her, on his robe. He stops because he felt the healing power go out of his presence. He knew that somebody that needed the grace and the touch and the mercy and the, the healing that he had available was reaching out to him. Oh, my friends, Jesus knows where we are at in our journey. And He knows when we have need of Him. And He knows that when we reach out to Him, He knows that if we will just touch the hem of His garment, 
He will be there with us. Knowing that she had been discovered, the woman came and fell on her knees before Jesus and His disciples and the crowd and began to tell her story. No one had been able to help me. But this man, I just touched the hem of his garment and I'm healed. I've been transformed. I've been redeemed. I've, I've been saved. And so she told her story. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. New wineskins requires us to have new faith. I think of that because I think that our faith has to be revitalized over and over again. A new thing requires new faith. The writer to the Hebrews states that faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of, about what we do not see. It was the woman's faith that brought healing to her body that day as Jesus recognized her need. I have to admit to you, as I think about faith, I have to tell you I don't always understand it. Particularly when it comes to this element of healing in the midst of Scripture. I know godly people who believed that Jesus was God. They were walking with Him in righteousness. They had received His forgiveness, and they were doing what they knew to do. And they believed that God was able to do immeasurably more than they could ever think or ask. I think of, of our friend David in my first pastorate. came down with cancer. The church came together and prayed and prayed and prayed over him. And, and, and he astonished the doctors. God astonished the doctors with a healing in his, in his body. Went into full remission, remission and the cancer was gone. And then about six months later, the cancer came back. And the church once again came to pray, and they believed that God was able. They had seen it. They had witnessed it. In fact, Medford was a community of about 1,500 people. David had taught business classes in the high school for over 20 years. He had grown up in that community. He was a sports hero as a, as a high school student. He had went away to college, joined the service, came back home, and, and was a teacher. And I mean, he was a small-town hero. Everyone in town knew David. And when the cancer was gone, the whole community celebrated his life, God's touch in his life. It was a great service. It was before we became pastor. I didn't know him during the time of celebration, but, but over and over they told us the story about how 
and how the whole community supported and, and saw the miraculous hand of God in his life. That was in the summer, in June or July. In November, I became his pastor. We'd moved there. Shortly after we, we moved there, we received the word that his cancer was back. And either Valentine's Day, uh, I don't remember if that was the day he passed away or if that was, that was the day of his funeral, but one of, those, it was, one of those things happened on Valentine's Day in 1987. I still remember it. And I wondered, okay, God, people had faith. They saw your healing touch. They believed that you were able. Then why did this happen? And, and I don't have an answer for that. What I do know is I had the opportunity to proclaim the hope in Christ to the whole community. Our little church couldn't hold the funeral service because there was too many people. It was in the high school, and every seat in that, in that auditorium was filled, and everybody, I think everybody in the community was there. And we had the opportunity to proclaim a life well-lived. So what is this faith, this, this evidence of things not yet seen? How does it work in the midst of our life when we don't see it work as we think that it should? That's a hard question for us. But we have to believe that Jesus is able. We have to believe that He knows how to work and walk alongside of us in life's trials and struggles and in the good times as well. We have to have this belief that everything is possible with God. And we continue to believe that over and over again. And, and the problem seems to be that we seem to think that we have it figured out. It's when we think that we have it figured out that it messes with our minds because... It may work differently in God's plan, in God's way of the world. So we have to have faith to believe everything is possible with God. It's, head no it's more than head knowledge, it's heart knowledge. And secondly, then we have to have, we have to put our faith and our belief into action. The woman with the issue of bleeding believed that God was able. So she's back here, away from the crowd. Jesus is up there on the road, traveling by. And she believes that that man that's walking by, that people are claiming is able to do immeasurably more than they could think or ask, he's gonna have, she's going to have to find a way to work her way through the crowd and get all the way up to where Jesus is at. Faith requires action. If we believe that God is who we say He is, then we have to put our belief into action and live out that faith before Christ and before our world. It may look a little different for you than it looks for me. My faith may look a little different for myself than it does for you but we have to have faith and we have to put it into action. And so we have to discover what it's going to look like for each one of us to get from here to there 
where Christ is, but we can't just stop here, can we? We have to go all in, and we have to reach out and touch Him. And as we touch Him, He is able to do something in the midst of our life that no one else can do. We can try to live good. We can try to do the right things. But none of that will make us a disciple of Christ. It's only when we have this encounter with Christ. We seek His forgiveness. We put our faith into action by doing what He would ask us to do. And allow Him to make the difference. So you got to work your way up to the crowd. you got to put it into action and touch the garment. She had to get all the way to the front so that she could reach out and touch Him. When we touch Jesus, He can bring healing into our lives. If there's sin there, you know what He does? He forgives it when we ask Him. He takes our sins, and I love the word picture that He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west. Now, we spent 17 years in, in, the, Guymon, in the panhandle of Oklahoma, Guymon, Oklahoma. Now, if you've ever been there, let me just tell you it's flat. Uh, I don't know that it's totally true. I haven't researched it, but I've heard it said that the longest, straightest road in, U in the U.S. is in the panhandle of Oklahoma. Between Guymon and Boyce City, it just goes straight and st just straight and straight, and you can just see forever. And, and I remember Mark Lowry. You've heard of Mark Lowry, the comedian, used to sing with uh, Bill Gaither's uh, trio. He was there in Guymon one day, and he was making fun of the flatness. And he said, you know what? I believe that if you look and stand on your tiptoes out west, you can see the back of your head. As far as the east is from the west, you go east. Which way is east? That way? Okay. If you go east, you know what? You never stop going east. Now you go north, and you'll reach a point in the North Pole. What happens? You start going south. But you go east, you'll never stop going east. That's what Jesus does with our sins. As far as the east is from the west, he, he gets rid of them. He forgives us. Our past is forgiven. When we put our belief into action and we reach out and touch Him and encounter Him, He forgives our sins. He brings wholeness to our life. I've talked to you about Brett's gym. The title or the, the name of the gym is CrossFit R Wall, R W O L. Restoring wholeness of life. An encounter with Christ will bring wholeness. And, and one of the things uh, about the gym that I really like is that it's not just about our spirituality, I believe that's important. 
But if all we ever do is focus on our spirituality, we've missed what Jesus wants us to do to encounter all of life. And he wants us to work on our whole being, our physical, our mental, our emotional, our relational, our financial, all these kind of things. God wants to be involved in every part of our life. The touch of the garment. And finally, then she steps forward to testify to what God is doing in the midst of her life. Let me just say to you, my friends, if you do not have something fresh to share about your relationship to Christ... then you probably better find a way to reach out to him and have a fresh encounter. Because he never wants us to be stale. He he doesn't want our life to spoil. He wants to bring a continual infusion of his presence and the spirit of the living water flowing through us in such a way that doesn't stagnate. With actions, with action that starts with belief and faith that causes us to go into action, pressing through the crowd, fighting all the way to get close enough to touch, and following through with his touch, and stepping forward to tell the story, we experience the overwhelming presence of God's touch and wholeness in our life. Then Jesus in our story, it's all in the same passage. After he encountered the woman, he continues and gets the word. You remember the story that we just read? The servant comes and says, Jarius, paraphrase, Jarius, don't bother the teacher anymore. It's too late. Your daughter has died. Let him go and do his own thing because he can't help us anymore. And Jesus says to Jairus, My friend, you have great faith. She's not dead. She's just asleep. And even though when he gets there the and he says that, uh, the crowd laughs at him. He goes into the room. You heard the story. He touches her. He lifts, takes her by the hand, lifts her up. And that lifeless body comes back to life because Jesus reached out and gave her new life, new hope, a new vision on life. You know, I think here's where I really want to go with this tonight is that Jesus could have been distracted from two incredible stories if he would have listened to the world or allowed the world to push him out. Even the disciples were a distraction. Peter says, Jesus, come on, get real, he said. Look around you. See all these people? How could, how could we know who touched you? Even the disciples 
could become a distraction. And I sometimes wonder in the midst of our journey, how distracted do we get from allowing Jesus to do what he wants to do in the midst of my life? For you see, he wants to make me a new wineskin so that I can receive new wine, a fresh outpouring of his spirit to become all that he wants me to be. But it requires me to have faith. It requires me to help push away the distractions. The last 12 months, there's been a lot of distractions for us as believers in the midst of our journey. We've taken our eyes off of the main thing sometimes. But the same Jesus that had the power flow out of him and reach out and touch the lady, the young girl, is the Jesus, and we sang it about it tonight. His power lives in us. His presence lives in us. And church, I don't know all that he has in store for Pittsfield. I'm just trying to discover what it means to be a district superintendent. And I don't know all that, how that's going to work, but what I do know is that he has called me to help be a resource to a local church and to encourage and support the local church, you. The district exists for you, not you for the district. And, and I just want to challenge you. Be a church that is always listening and open to whatever Christ would want to do in us to make us new wineskins. If there's sin in our life, allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and let's find a place to confess that before Him and say, Jesus, forgive me. I want You to be King of kings and Lord and lords of my life. If there are people distracting us from, from focusing on all that Christ wants us to be, then, then we got to find a way to push that distraction aside. I may do it different than you do it, but we got to each find our own way to get rid of the distractions in life so that we can become what Christ wants us to be. No one pours new wine in old wineskins because the wine the old wineskin will burst. And the wine will be poured out and wasted. But instead, we pour new wine into new wineskins. My friends, what does Jesus want us to do? This, this isn't a message just for you. It's a message for me. It's a message for all of us. It's a continual message that we must ask. Lord, how can we be a new wineskin to hold what your Spirit would want us to do? Father, tonight we just take a moment to pray. I'm not sure exactly how you want us to close this time. We'll, we'll hear a song. But Lord, we just need to ask ourselves some questions. Are we willing to put aside our distractions? Are we willing to 
put our faith into actions? Do we even have faith to believe that you are a God who cares and loves about us? Or is there sin in our life uh, that's distracting us from becoming what you want us to be? There is so much to think about in the midst of our journey. And, and Lord, I, I don't know where everyone's at. But your spirit not only knows the number of everyone's hair on their head, but you know where every one of us are at tonight. You know our need. And so you're willing and able to meet us if we will put our faith into action. So, Lord, I guess here's what I sent you saying. As the girls sing tonight, just help us to reflect on where we're at in our journey. And if there's something distracting us from encountering you, may we seek you and ask you how to get rid of that distraction to become all that you want us to be because you truly desire to restore wholeness of life to us making us all that you want us to be in Christ's name. Amen. Listen to the words of the song as the ladies sing.
you bow your heads with me tonight. Father God, once again, you've made it very clear that the choice is ours. As the woman who was bleeding made the choice to be new wineskin, it took effort, it took heart, it took risk, it took determination, it took faith. But she pressed in. She kept going. She wasn't going to be stopped because she wanted something new from you. God, I thank you for the faith of those that have gone before us, that have given us something to look towards, something to look look at and see as an example. But God, I pray that we wouldn't sit on the past and the old and, and just become like them. Lord, I pray that you give us courage to have a new faith, to be surrendered to allow you to make us into new wineskins. God, I thank you that we have that choice and I pray, Lord, for each one of us here tonight that we would make that choice to be surrendered to your calling, to your way, to your transforming power in our life. We give you praise and thanks, Lord, for what you're going to do with all of these new wineskins. Fill us with your new wine, we pray. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Again, thank you for coming for this wonderful week of services. I pray that you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you back here Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Have a great week.